Happy New Year! Holy makiki ho! The year 2023 is behind us, and we are in a brand new year. And this change in the calendar ought to remind us that this world is a rapidly changing world. There's so much unpredictability, so much instability. But there is something we as dads can do for our families throughout the year that will give them a stability that just isn't found in this ever-changing world. So on this first day of 2024, in this episode, I'm going to lay out five very simple, doable practices that you can begin implementing today to lead your family to God's Word and in God's Word throughout 2024. Through wisdom is in-house builded, and by understanding it is established. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Hi friends, welcome to the Treasure Box Books Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Ching, a redeemed child of God, happy husband and homeschooling dad, and lifelong lover of good books. Fellow dad, are you eager to fill your children's hearts with truth and faith and wisdom and courage? Do you long to build growing, lasting, God-centered relationships with your family? If you're ready to inspire and equip your children to walk with God by learning and living together, then come join us on our journey, and let's go find the treasures in books. Before we go any further with this episode, I want to give you a little heads up for what's coming. You are going to hear a lot of background noise. And here's why. I'm recording this episode on New Year's Eve. And let me set this up by giving you some other factors. Here in Hawaii, the Asian influence is very strong in our culture. Another factor is that the enforcement on aerial fireworks is very weak in this state. And therefore, it sounds like a war zone outside. And because we really don't have much insulation in our houses here in Hawaii, it it sounds like a war zone inside the house too. So it's beginning to sound like a war zone. It's beginning to smell like a rifle range. And that's just something that cannot be avoided. And so you're going to hear some noise in the background. All right, moving ahead. As already mentioned, we don't know what any new year holds, but we do have hopes and plans. And as I prepare for future episodes of this podcast, I'm very eager to share that content with you as well as get some input from you about topics that you're interested in exploring and hear about methods you use and learn about some of the helpful books that you have read that other dads might benefit from as well. As my wife and I launched the podcast back in late October, we planned to publish two episodes per week for the remainder of 2023 but then enter 2024 with one episode per week. So that change is taking place beginning today, one episode per week. Also, when I first started making initial recordings for this podcast in April of 2023, I was aiming and struggling to keep each episode really short. The original goal that I had for each episode was 15 minutes. In at least one instance, I had to cut out a lot of an interview to keep the episode within that time frame. So I began aiming for 20 minutes, 
And that's how we launched with a goal of 20 minutes per episode. And we've been able to keep them to right about that time, although some have gone a little bit longer. Well, with only one episode per week, at times the episodes may still be only about 20 minutes, but we will probably be moving closer to 30 minutes per episode. And as you've already heard in an interview or two, maybe even a little bit longer. And speaking of interviews, here are some samples of interviews already recorded and planned for publication this year. Especially with kids, they know the reality that exists behind our words, mm. and they can sniff out, they can smell out if if we are not leading from the front. Mm. Uh, they they will immediately recognize something that's disingenuine. I also think of an old illustration that I read in a book from Robert E. Lee. And uh, the way that I remember it was that he was teaching uh, a younger officer and he laid a rope on the desk and had the officer first attempt to push the rope across the desk. And of course that didn't work. The rope, you know, the rope was just floppy that way. (laughs) And then he secondly had the officer pulled the rope across mm. the deck and he used that to say when you're leading from the front then everything that you're trying to lead can follow after yes. based on that example that's good so i don't like to use the term toxic masculinity a lot because mm. it, it kind of gives this idea that all of this exists within this this sphere of masculinity and mm. that's not really the case right the truth of the matter all have sinned and come short of the glory of god mm. there is none righteous no not one it's not toxic masculinity or toxic femininity it's, it's toxic people we, we are sinners <laughs> we are all toxic period that's we're born that way wow. yeah you know th- thanks to adam you know as by one man sent under into the world and death by sin mm. so death passed upon all men mm. we are all toxic yeah wow the only way to become non-toxic is found in jesus christ mm. it is you know it is the gift of god it is that's what he has done that's the whole purpose he's washed us you know though your sins be as scarlet they should be white as snow so I, I don't want to latch on to necessarily to this idea of toxic masculinity as a thing. Mm. That being said, just like everything else good, Satan takes good things and he twists it around and masks mm. it yeah. to try to make something else out of it. So there are people who want to talk about, oh, this is what it means to be masculine. This is what it means to be masculine. And that's not the case. Mm. Our calling as men has almost nothing to do with ourselves and everything to do with others. They're made in the image of God and and there's no limit on God's potential, of course. Mm. And, and with it, as long as... So what's super important is that they come to faith in Christ. You must be born again. Born to Christian parents doesn't afford that kid one advantage except that. They are sanctified in our home, 1 Corinthians. And secondly, they're going to hear the gospel. Mm. And what kind of example will they see that I'm living and, and bringing in front of them? Mm. So just acknowledging they're made in the image of God mm. and that I bring something to the game, mm. whether I be a, a hindrance or a help. And I want to be a servant 
to the Lord in in him molding this child and see myself as a servant Mm. of the Lord in this process, not it's about me getting my way or, hey, you do this. And I, oh, I've got some lessons learned. Mm. (laughs) So, and again, going back to, you know, in other words, acting like a dummy and such a, (laughs) I could go into another segment on that being how have I felt like a dumb dad who's young and just, what was I thinking? And mm. oh, here's the lesson I learned. My kid's autonomous in a sense in that I can't make him obey. You mm. can't legislate or demand honor. Right. I might be able to make him do what I said, but not with the heart attitude that mm. I desire or that the Lord is pleased with. Some days the wind is just so much, and it's amazing. If you get that wind-driven snow, mm. you can't you can't open your eyes out in that. Oh and wow! That'll that'll pile up a drift oh, wow. so fast and so hard it'll pack it in almost like concrete. You wow. one time I was out there trying to dig a vehicle out, and it was coming in behind me faster than I could dig the vehicle out. So you oh. you leave it there until until the wow. storm is over, you know for sure. Wow. And then it's you know it's dark by four o'clock or whatever, four thirty. Yeah. Wow. Right here where I'm at in kind of central Wyoming, we tend to not get as much snow as some parts of the states, but we are a little bit famous for some of our spring storms. Usually from about now until May, we will have a blizzard where we will get sometimes well over a foot of snow. Wow. We will get 80 to 90% of our moisture in the next 60 days. I've never had that where I couldn't open a door, but I, I know people that that has happened to especially in the winter we love to read like i mentioned a moment ago when it's so you know dark so early and just chill outside we have our wood stove in our basement Mm. and that is the place to be in winter yeah it's dark you know you got the you got the dinner dishes done and maybe an hour or so before bedtime that's we love to sit down around there on the couch by Mm. the fire and read a book and I've introduced a lot of different topics and mm. ideas and themes to the kids during that time, and we mm. do a lot of reading in the winter time downstairs in the basement. And how are you, EC? Good. I'm glad you're here today. And um, how old are you? Four. We have made a list of your favorite books that you've already told me, so let's talk about those. What are your favorite books? Well, well we're on now. <laughs> <laughs> on the list. Let's start with Bridie. Bridie Grand Canyon. Bridie of the Grand Canyon. And who was Bridie? Well. Yeah, it's kind of, a, it's a four-footed animal, kind of like a horse, kind of like a mule, kind of like a donkey. Except it's, except it's smaller. Yeah, it's smaller. And it's it, a different name. Has a different name, and they're wild. They live in the wild. What's your favorite part of that story? I think it's fun. It's about a boy. And because of where he lives, too, that makes it really interesting. I think because he lives in where? Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon, one of our favorite places. Grand you Canyon. also had a story. Grand Canyon. Can- <laughs> Thank you. 
And that's just a small sampling of what is ahead for 2024 in the Treasure Box Books podcast. I'm excited about it, and I hope you are too. Let me invite you to visit treasureboxbooks.com. Hit the subscribe button, and then help us spread the message of this podcast to other dads by clicking the share button in your podcast app and passing the show along to a fellow dad. Also, assuming this podcast is beneficial to you, help us share the joy and paste a link to Treasure Box Books podcast in Facebook or X or whatever social media you are using. Now, on to our topic for this. Episode, episode 24, the first episode of 2024. How do we lead our families to the Bible and in the Bible? I think that for many Christian dads, the idea of leading a family Bible time can be intimidating, perhaps because of the ways it has been presented. For example, some people call this time of reading the Bible together. Family altar or family devotions. And for many of us, at least many in modern American culture, we don't usually include the words altar or devotions in our vocabulary. Also, perhaps for many of us, what exactly we are supposed to do in leading a so called family altar or family devotions. Hasn't really been laid out very clearly. Are we supposed to open a Bible commentary and present a word study of the original languages for a passage of Scripture? Are we supposed to drill our kids in their Bible knowledge? Are we supposed to kneel and offer up something on that altar? <laughs> Are we supposed to open the floor for them to bring their deep theological questions to Dad as the wise old seminarian of the home? What exactly are we supposed to do? Before we go any further, let me say you can put all of those intimidating ideas out of your mind and relax. Yes, relax. First of all,、uh, personally, I don't use the terms family altar or family devotions for our Bible time either.、Uh, I'm not opposed to. To those terms, but I just don't use them. For one, we don't have an altar in our house. The only altar that we have is above in heaven, where the Lord Jesus Christ is our great high priest. So we don't have an altar in our house. And the only time the word devotions appears in the Bible, at least in the King James Version, it is in Acts 17. And you Bible scholars know what happened in Acts 17. The Apostle Paul confronted the idol worshippers. There in Athens. And he said to them that he observed their devotions. He was talking about how idol worshiping Gentiles carried out their worship. And so you can use the term devotions. I'm not going to preach against using the term, but there it is. It's the one time it's used in Scripture, and it's、uh, kind of a negative context. In my home, and I suspect in many other Christian homes, we simply call the time that we spend. Reading the Bible together as a family, family Bible time, family Bible time, because that's what it is. And it's really simple to do. And if you're not doing it already, if you're not already leading your family in a daily time reading scripture together, when you hear the five suggestions in this episode for how to lead a family Bible time, 
you're going to see how simple, how doable, how practical these suggestions are for you to lead your family to God's Word and in God's Word throughout this year. So let's get to the suggestions. Number one, select a passage of Scripture. Select a passage of Scripture. Choose one passage per week or per month or however you want to divide it for your family to read every day of that period of time. In my family, we usually read through the same passage every day for a month. For example, in August of last year, we read Psalm 103, verses 1 through 12. In September, Psalm 103, verses 13 through 22. So the balance of the psalm. October, John chapter 6, verses 60 through 71. In November, it was Psalm 98. In December, it was Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. That's just to give you an idea. Uh, we've read half of 1 Corinthians in one month and the second half the next, if I recall correctly. We have learned Ephesians uh, chapter 6, verses 10 through 18, the whole armor of God passage. We have practiced the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5. There are so many great texts of Scripture. Of course, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable, but there are some texts of Scripture that are so rich and so full Texts that every Christian ought to be familiar with, every, every child raised in a Christian home should be familiar with, and you'll find a recommended list in the show notes at treasureboxbooks.com. Something else practical that goes along with this selecting a passage of Scripture, usually I, as dad, select the passage. But I usually do this. I usually ask my wife if she's in agreement. And that's not because I can't choose a passage. It's not because I can't read. (laughs) It's because I want her to know that uh, I want her to be involved in the decision-making process here for something as simple as choosing a Bible passage for the family to read for the month. I I want the children to know that mom and dad together are choosing this passage. Now, along with selecting a passage, We have done things differently than reading one passage over and over again throughout the month. We have read through a book of the Bible uh, in a month, or we have just read through a passage, a book of the Bible until it's done. For example, I think it was back in 2021, um, toward the end of that year, we read through uh, the Acts, the book of Acts and the book of Romans, I think it was, Um, one year. Uh, in December, we read through the Gospel of Luke. And so, beginning December 1st, we began with Luke chapter 1, or a portion thereof. And then uh, we culminated with uh, Luke 24 on uh, December 24th. And so, there are different ways, but the key idea here is, for this suggestion number one, is to simply select a passage. Choose the passage that you're going to read together as a family, and then read that passage for that month or that week or however long you want to do it. Suggestion number two, set a daily time that works for the whole family. Set a daily time that works for the whole family. For my family, it's at the breakfast table. For your family, it might be a different time of day. But for us, it's the breakfast table. It isn't the very first thing we do together as a family. We most often 
do the normal things first, brush our teeth, <laughs> wash our face, get dressed, have breakfast. But it's right there, one of the first things we do at the start of the day. We're a homeschooling family. I work from home, and so I'm home most of the day. Um, but that helps us to get things started before we scatter to our different responsibilities in and around the house or outside the house. And I think, I hope, that by prioritizing reading the Bible together, that this is helping our children to sense that this is important to daddy and mommy. This is important to mom and dad. And as you heard in a recent episode, what we prioritize, our children will tend to prioritize. Again, for you, it might be another time of day. That's fine. Just make sure that you have a daily time to read the Bible together. Make that your goal. Now, it might not happen every day. Sometimes life happens in an unexpected way, and we don't get to have a family Bible time. Sometimes my wife has to lead the family reading the scripture passage for that day. That's okay. You're not a failure if you miss one day. The point is, make it your goal, make it your trajectory, make it your trend that you are aiming for having a family Bible time for that selected passage with that set time every day. Suggestion number three, study the passage yourself. Although you might feel familiar with a text or assume that you are familiar with it, take some time to dig into the text yourself to learn about its context its literal meaning, its doctrinal meaning, and its practical meaning. See if there are any cross-references that will help explain or illustrate its meaning. For example, back in, I think, 2022, we had John 13, several verses in that chapter, for our memory passage, our Bible time passage for that month. And in verse 15, the Lord Jesus said to his disciples, For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. What was that? He washed their feet. He was their servant. Well, what is a good cross-reference for that? A good cross-reference for that is Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5, which says, Let this mind, that is this attitude, this mindset, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And then the passage, <clears throat> of course, goes on to magnify the Lord Jesus for his great humility, how he stepped down from glory into deep humility and then was raised up by God the Father to the highest place. Well, he became a servant. And so those, those passages explain each other. If you have a Bible like I am using for my Bible reading at this current time, you'll, you'll have some footnotes or some end-of-verse cross-references printed right there in the text. In the show notes, you will find a picture from my Bible that has some of those notes printed in it. That can be really helpful if you get a Bible printed like that. Remember that the best Bible commentary is the Bible itself. And when we allow Scripture to interpret Scripture under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> we will come to the best interpretation. 
Uh, does that rule out the use of study tools? Absolutely not. Study tools, meaning commentaries particularly, can be very, very helpful. My favorites for practical comments and insights into Scripture are Warren Wiersbe's Bible Exposition Commentary and books by Henry Allen Ironside. Usually his name is printed as H.A. Ironside. And you'll see these tools also listed in the show notes for episode 24 at treasureboxbooks.com. The background sound is making me feel patriotic. I want to stand up and sing in the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air. (laughs) Suggestion number four, simply explain the scripture text to your family. Take a little time each day to explain and apply a portion of your family's passage of scripture to them. It might be a verse. For example, Matthew chapter 1, verse 23 says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Well, of course, that is a quotation from Isaiah 7, 14. And verse 22 indicates that. It says, Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, and then verse 23. And so he, Matthew refers back to Isaiah. And so uh, you might explain, for example, that verse, like I did last month, that Isaiah gave that prophecy. God gave that prophecy by the hand or by the mouth of Isaiah. It was recorded, written down in the scroll in the book of Isaiah. And now here it is being fulfilled. So that's an example of explaining a verse. You might take time to explain a part of a verse. For example, again, Matthew 1, verse 23, Behold, a virgin shall be with child. Well, what does that mean? Well, in my family... I have a wide range of children. I have a 16-year-old all the way down to a 16-month-old. And I suppose that's probably the only time this is ever going to happen (laughs) in our family's history. We have a 16-year-old and a 16-month-old in the house at the same time. Well, of course, the 16-year-old understands what this means, but there are some younger children in there that don't fully understand what all this means, and they don't need to fully understand it. So I had to explain, what does a virgin mean? What does, why is it important? A virgin shall be with child. What does that mean? Well, a virgin means an unmarried girl. Uh, That's a simple way to explain that, of course. And that when it says that she will be, she shall be with child, it means that she will become pregnant with a baby in her womb. So that's something very special and it should be something special. And so that's an example of explaining a part of a scripture text. And then You might explain on some days just one word. You might pick one word that stands out to you or that maybe one of your children asks, Daddy, what does that word mean? And uh, one example of that, again, could be Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, the word Emmanuel. In the New Testament, it's spelled with an E. In the Old Testament, it's spelled with an I. It's the same word, and it means God with us. And I explained that one day back in December that Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus is God with us. He is God in the flesh. The Word, John 1, 14 tells us the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And that really is, by the way, the wonder of Christmas. <laughs> that is the wonder of the incarnation, the wonder of Jesus Christ coming into this world. And so simply explain the text. 
There's really no need to take every family Bible time and make it into a deep doctrinal discussion or a lengthy sermon. Keep the explanations simple, especially if there are young children there. Let me give you an example of that in John chapter 13. John chapter 13, verse 13, the Lord Jesus said to his disciples, Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say well, for so I am. I think the way I explained that verse when I came to that back in 2022 was that Jesus was telling them, I am Master and Lord, and you calling me that is good. That's the right thing to say because that's who I am. I am your master. I am your Lord. By the way, that's one of the overlooked I am statements of Jesus in the Gospel of John, that he is master and Lord. Keep the explanation simple. Simply explain the scripture text. Suggestion number five. How do we lead our families to the Bible and in the Bible throughout the coming year? Well, seek for the practical application. Seek for the practical application. Rare is the Bible text that has no practical application. Now, something my father used to say often and sometimes still says in teaching the Bible is that all of the Bible is written for me, but not all of the Bible is written to me. And you'll find that there are three basic categories of people that God deals with in different ways throughout the Bible. There are Jewish people, the Hebrew people, the Israelite people, not to be confused with citizens of the current nation of Israel, but Jewish, ethnic Jewish people. And then there are Gentiles, that is, non-Jewish people. Well, who are the third category? The third category is the Church of God, believers in Jesus Christ. And so you'll find that as you read your Bible, each passage is written to one of those three categories of people. Most of the Old Testament is written to Israelites, to the children of Israel, the seed of Jacob. But some of it is written to Gentiles. Most of the New Testament is written to the Church of God. Most of the New Testament. Not all, but most. However, that does not mean that the parts that are not written to you are not written for you. You can get spiritual and practical application from just about every passage of Scripture. And that's why the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy saying, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So seek for the practical application. It is profitable for you and for your family All of it, all of the scripture is Old Testament, New Testament, and every part, whether it's written to Jew or Gentile or Church of God. Seek for that application, which means asking, how can the truth in this text, in this passage of scripture, be used in our lives? And then try to show that application to your family. 
An example of that might be John 13, 17. If ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. What does that mean, Daddy? That means that if you know what the Lord Jesus told us to do, and if you do it, what will you be? And I can hear the kids saying, happy. <laughs> if you do what he said to do, you'll be happy. And that's that's a really simple example of a very simple explanation of a very straightforward text. And so seek for the practical application. Now, as the fireworks gain volume, as it gets closer to midnight, I'd like to give you a bonus suggestion. Number six, supplicate. Supplicate. What's that mean? That means seek God's face together and ask for his help and guidance and power to obey what he has taught us in the passage. Read the passage, find out what it means, explain it, and then pray. Ask God to help you to apply it, to obey it in your life. Now, I suppose it goes without saying, you can follow every one of these suggestions. You can select a passage, you can set a daily time, you can study the meaning, you can simply explain the text, you can seek for practical application, you can supplicate, asking God to help and guide you to apply it. But if you don't do one thing, then none of these suggestions will really amount to anything. One thing. What is that one thing? That one thing is found in Revelation chapter 1, verse 3, which says, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. It says, Blessed is he that readeth. Now, this thing, this one thing, this is not a suggestion. Everything I've said before, Numbers 1 through 5, all of these are suggestions. But this is an absolute essential. No matter how you lead your family to the Bible and in the Bible throughout this coming year, you have got to read the Bible. I have got to read the Bible. We must read the Word of God. There are treasures to be found only in books. But the greatest treasure is found in the greatest book. And if you will read that book, you'll find great, everlasting treasure there. Fellow dads, as we plunge into 2024, let's be sure to prioritize leading our families to the Word of God and in the Word of God. Have a wonderful, blessed, and happy New Year. If you heard something helpful today or feel better equipped to lead your family, maybe you have a friend who could benefit from this episode too. Don't keep it to yourself. Hit share in your podcast app or take a screenshot of this episode and share it with a friend. Or just post a link on Facebook to treasureboxbooks.com and let your friends know that this episode might encourage them. You can find any links and resources mentioned today on the episode page linked below, or just head over to treasureboxbooks.com 
and sign up to get our newsletter to keep you informed about future episodes and product releases. And if you've got a book recommendation or experience or idea you'd like to share with other dads, send me an email. My address is nathan at treasureboxbooks.com. I'd love to hear from you. Until we meet again, keep leading your family to find the treasures in books. <laughs>